How's it going, everybody? Welcome to FoundFlix. On this Indian Explained, we're looking at You Won't Be Alone. We're in an isolated mountain village in 19th century Macedonia. A young girl is kidnapped and then transformed into a witch by an ancient spirit. This is definitely a more obscure one, as it came and went without much fanfare last year. But I really liked You Won't Be Alone, while also admitting that it's not for everyone. It's certainly more artsy and thoughtful than a traditional horror movie, and this feels perhaps more like an ancient folktale brought to life. It does feature some horror tropes, but really twist them into its own fashion, inspired by Macedonian legend. What the story really centers on is outcasts from society. It's seen from the eyes of the mute Navina, who experiences many different sides of humanity, thanks to her shape-shifting abilities, and learns about the beauty of the world as well as the tragedy through many different perspectives, really understanding those two sides of the coin. It's actually a quite beautiful and poignant story that really will make you think about what it means to be human. So let's check out You Won't Be Alone, breaking down the story, including the important themes regarding humanity, what the wolf eater is, is all about, and explaining the ending. In an idyllic, hazily lit field, a cat is munching away on some grass. It runs off and we hear a brief screech along with some telltale cracking noises, implying that it was injured, yet we see it moments later running out good as new, right? That's because, as we find out, the so-called wolf eateress has taken the feline's form. It scampers across the plains with purpose and makes its way to a small village. A bunch of kids are out playing a plague-themed version of hide-and-seek. The cat watches in on a family as a mother juggles holding her baby plus chopping some peppers. The kids make their way through her house to her annoyance, cursing them to go bug their own parents. Yeah, I got enough damn kids to deal with already. Back inside, she removes a boiling pot from the fire. It suddenly calms to her confusion, and she turns back to a horrific sight. The wolf eatress, formerly known as Maria, is seen in her true form covered in burns. The mother falls to her knees, begging her to leave her baby alone. Maria scoffs that she doesn't want a child, just a bit of blood is all she's after, and fresh borns taste the best. Mmm, boy howdy. The mother promises she can get her a pile of other kids, just not Navina. She recognizes her as Old Maid Maria, believing that it is a daughter that she is truly after. Maria smiles, mentioning using something called her one witching spit on this runt. This means that once, and only once, Maria can actually turn someone else into a witch like herself. The mother offers her the child when she turns 16, but just let her have until then. Then she can make Nav her maiden, a penance for what she went through in this very house years ago. That way she will have a daughter to serve her and she won't be alone in her old age. Won't be alone. Maria chuckles, wondering what sort of covenant that she had in mind. She cuts her arm in offering, but that's not enough for Maria. She claws the child with her talons and steals her voice permanently. Mom rushes to grab the baby and Maria takes her leave for now. Clearly shaken by the incident as well as their deal, the mother takes her child deep into the wilderness and to some craggy rocks. She stows her in what must be holy ground, which Maria seemingly cannot access. The mother lays Nev in a bed of leaves, blessing her with the Lord's love before leaving. The baby stares up at two holes letting sunlight in, her only glimpse into the outside world. This goes on for many years, picking up with Nev about 16 years later. As she has been trapped in this cave for her whole life, she is very naive and childlike. She also cannot speak, and this is expressed through her inner monologue, initially trying to determine what the different sky colors mean. She spends her time doing the little that you can do around here, pacing around, munching on old bread, or playing in her pile of leaves. She suddenly gets animated, clicking her hands together and heaving. She hisses and growls primarily, stomping her way around the space. She digs at her mouth, lamenting that she knows that her voice won't ever, ever come back. Her mama does at least come to check on her from time to time and gets her cleaned up. The girl makes a break for the door, mom tossing her aside and reminds her of the devil waiting outside. She really hammers this point home, rattling her and screeching that they will rip you apart. She 
cries about how much he sacrificed for her and breaks down in tears. And after, she just leaves. <laughs> Great to see you as usual, Ma. Oosh. Nev is briefly amazed by a fresh snow falling through the ceiling holes. But ultimately, she is miserable in her life. Speak to me, she croaks, or make my nothing. With no voice, she'd rather just be a pile of blacknessness. Out of nowhere, a majestic bird flies in. She curiously approaches it and reaches out a hand. It quickly flies away and flaps right out of the ceiling. Her mom soon returns for another visit, working to detangle her hair. She can sense something is off and sees that the bird is back. Mom knows this must be the wolf, Eatrice, shrieking that you won't take my baby, throwing rocks at the less than impressed bird. It flaps off into a corner of the cave, disappearing. Mom chases after, hurling more rocks and screaming. She's drawn into the hole, also vanishing in the darkness. There's some disturbing noises, and her mom emerges looking much more calm. Yep, the witch has taken her mom's form, also effectively becoming a new maternal figure for Nev. Come on, she whispers, but Nev doesn't budge. She's like, get going, what's the problem? And shoves her to get a move on. Nev pauses at the threshold, staring outside in disbelief. It's finally happening. She's going outside. The sunlight immediately overwhelms her as she shields her eyes and takes in the new, completely foreign environment. The same goes for Forest. Nev is blown away by everything she's seeing for the first time out in the world. Witch Mama leads her to a barn, letting Nev see some new animals. She gently pats a cow, completely slack-jawed at the experience. Maria comes to her with blood on her hand. She slices at her chest, leaving several claw marks and spits out the blood. Outside, she utilizes a burning stick to cauterize the wound, and the scratches are quickly healed. This ritual is the aforementioned witch's spit. Maria used her one spit to turn Nev into a witch herself. Maria continues on, removing her innards and leaving a trail of guts behind. She changes back into her crone form, guiding her new witch to come along. Nev takes in a rainstorm, letting the water wash over her. Maria does try to show her a sort of maternal side, brushing Nev's hair out of her face, which causes her to recoil. Nev understands at least that this witch swallowed up her mother, and yeah, it does make sense that she'd be a little closed off. Yet Maria is all she has, and at camp for the night, she snuggles up with her at the fire. Maria offers her some blood to drink. Nev tentatively tries some and spits it out in disgust. That won't fly with Maria, shoving her face down on the corpse to feast. Gotta drink blood now, little witch. They encounter some lightning bugs, Nev doing her best to catch one. Nev longs for her whisper mama to come back, but knows that she won't ever be coming back. That may be true, but there does seem to be at least some humanity left in Maria. Looking at the girl with at least a little bit of tenderness, it's in there somewhere, deep, deep, deep down inside. Distracted by giving some leaves a good sniff, Nev has her first encounter with another human, a random traveler. He struts right up to her and rubs her face. Maria steps in, asking if her appearance is frightening, joking that she did her hair just for him. The guy goes at her with a pointy stick, and she quickly takes him out with a crunchy talon gouge to the gut. Maria makes her perspective on humans quite clear, asking what was she supposed to do, let him kill her first, and smacks her for being sympathetic. To Maria, humanity is inherently evil and bad. It's really that cut and dry. As they continue their trek, Maria keeps trying her best to teach the girl her ways, involving lots of smacks to keep her in line. The new mama takes over a narration, complaining about how Nav preferred her old life of stale bread in a dungeon. She finds her gently stroking a bunny and breaks his neck, growling, we need food, not playthings. Maria is growing more annoyed, scoffing that you think that things would be better with her. I chose you, pointing out again that she only gets one witch's spit and feels like it was completely wasted on her. Nav digs around in a river and manages to catch a fish by tossing 
tosses it right back. Rhea looks on perturbed and stomps out to the water to grant her another slap. Food, not play things, she reminds her. Nev has had enough, angrily throwing a rock at her back. Maria retaliates by dunking her head under the water. She lets her up and throws in the towel on her new protege. You know I'm not really your mother, right? She dismisses her, scowling, let's see how you fare on your own. She goes on to take out a dog, stuffing its guts in her chest, and before Nev's eyes, we see her transform into a dog and scampering off. Nev is left on her own and has seen and learned many new things already, leaving her more confused than ever. There are all these different creatures, but are sparrows snakes? Are women wasps? Am I a devil too? She listlessly digs at the dirt until hearing a woman screaming. She peeks around a tree, seeing her struggling to give birth while working the fields. She's instructed to push it out quick, hearing the newborn crying, and it's right back to work. She waits for them to leave and takes a gander around the land. She traverses down a hill, coming to a village, along with a lot more new people to meet. She spies on a lady with a kid sweeping some dirt around. She then gets startled by another kid, who looks her over puzzlingly. Nev innocently reaches out her clawed hand, and the girl shrieks, sending Nev to run and hide. She hears the newborn still crying, and follows the sounds to another building, where it's still crying its head off. She gets caught by its mother, who pushes her off, demanding to know what she's doing. In a stroke of bad luck, Bosoka gets impaled by Nev's claws. She strains to reach for her baby, but soon sighs her last breath. Nev is shocked, and grabs her hand, seeing that, yep, She's definitely dead. She decides to try out her first shapeshift, opening up a hole in her chest. She grabs some of Basilica's guts and stuffs it in there just like Witch Mama showed her. It looks a bit uncomfortable, with the new goo assimilating into her body. Her back cracks, and just like that, she has taken on the woman's physical appearance. Easy peasy, really. When munching on some hay, she discovers that she no longer has her mouth injury. To her, this is a whole new world that she's experiencing, and worthy of a little celebration. She dances with some peppers and chases a group of ducks around in the nude. My kind of fun, for sure. She's found by another concerned lady, wondering what happened to her. Woman madness, someone suggests. Well, that is a problem. Nev comes to understand how women are treated in the village, involving more random smacks from some a-hole guy. Her new maternal figure explains that there is no way to fight back, and says that he learned his behavior from his father. In her mind, God smite the both of them. Nev turns back with an awkward attempt at a smile. Haven't quite nailed that yet, huh? We see Maria watching on from the woods with a distant gaze, clearly annoyed with her attempt to assimilate with the filthy human. It'll take some time to get it all figured out, really, as Nev is taught how to sweep dirt and has to be constantly instructed on what to do and what not. No, you don't sweep the peppers, what are you doing? Or learning other menial tasks like putting laundry on the line and how to properly use a knife. The woman shoes a chicken away and Nev mimics her with a nod. While hand washing the laundry, other women discuss her plight. They place the blame on her losing her voice being caused by all the blows from the jerk guy. The way she gleefully splashes in the water making a big mess leads the others to think that she's gone completely nuts or something. Nev starts understanding more about how the gender roles work here. When a man is in the room, the mouth should never be open. The baby begins to cry and is taken away, and she does her best imitation of having a tantrum just like it was. The guy smacks her, and she believes that men want tears from women. He's later seen tossing a woman from his cabin, chiding her to keep her mouth shut. Nev moans that the eye water won't come for her, yet she does her best to relate with the sobbing woman. She mimics her actions, attempting to cry, but can only manage a creepy smile. She shows off her own injuries courtesy of the guy as though she is trying to relate. The lady caresses her face and Nev corrects, no, it's a slap, like this. Doing her best to be empathetic, doesn't quite get it yet. She further details how men treat them. To them, you are a stew, you are bread, like water that trickles out and around them. The women dutifully serve them their food first and the mom drags her away to watch while the men eat. Only once they are completely done can the women dig in. On the other hand, to fit in with the women, your mouth should never stop moving. Nev pretends to laugh along with them and as she says, 
because when their eyes go wide, you make yours go wide too. She runs out, practicing talking and laughing. To the women, you are glass. To the men, you are water. On her own with the baby, Maria pays a surprise visit to give her shit for thinking that she can fit in. She calls her a twit head to toe and believes that everyone can see right through her, eh, admittedly not the most convincing act. She's not surprised that she's chosen this prison of motherhood. Wow, she really doesn't like kids, huh? She sneers that she thinks she's so smart and reveals that she isn't the first to try this. It's only a matter of time before they will tear you to pieces. Humanity sucks, basically. With that, she stomps off in a huff, retreating back to the wilderness. Later that night, the same jerk dude rouses Neverwake. He attempts to have his way with her, and she fights back with a nice and deep claw stab. She checks his foot, and yep, he's dead too. Looks like he learned his lesson the hard way. Nev steps outside and considers her next move. She takes out Basilka's essence, returning back to her Nev form. She tries to reconcile with what she's learned so far. The world has been here for so long. Everything means something else. And yet, she trails off before continuing. She happens across a dog and decides to take on its form. From her doggy POV, she comes to a group of naked young boys frolicking in the stream. Some girls come to do laundry, and the boys oogle them. This sort of fun and innocent side to men is in stark contrast to her experience with them so far, and she's interested in giving it a try herself. She spots a guy, Boris, washing himself and growls to get his attention. She lures him away, being naked and all. She curiously sniffs at him, which she takes as a sign for intimacy. Not exactly, and she gets him with another poke in the tummy. And now it's time to see things from a man's POV. She takes in her new physique with a quiet awe, flexing her muscles and investigating her new hardware. She stumbles back to the village where yet another matron enters the picture. She ushers Boris away and gets him fed, watching the other kids nearby. Nev starts to see the two sides of the world. It's a biting, retching thing, and yet, once more, she leaves this thought hanging. But she's starting to see the more hopeful, positive side of the world. She's sent to work the fields, and once more doesn't really know what the hell she's doing, swinging her scythe wildly around. Now that she's a man, she can go where the grass is, clothe myself in the sun, rather than being stuck with the house chores. Back in the village, she spots two girls playing with dolls. On further inspection, one actually resembles old maid Maria, and she excitedly takes them for herself. Doing some play acting, the other women spy on him with concern. They assume that he's possessed, and they gather together to do a ritual to shoo the bad spirit away. They lay the blame on him fornicating with a wolf eateress for his ailments, learning that Boris was quite insatiable in that regard. He'd do pretty much anything, I guess. What they don't understand is why she would have left him alive, clicking her tongue that she's a real trickster. The women console him, and Nev is feeling new feelings flooding into her being, new rivers whooshing deeper inside of her. She worries that it all can be taken away by her witch mama, turning her into nothing. Just as she feared, Maria shows up to taunt her some more. Nev attempts to ignore her, and she grabs his face, asking why he's so shy. She gives this package a looky-loo in curiosity. Once more, she chides her for trying to fool the humans dressed in corpses. You really think they see you as one of them? Just wait. Now word from this week's sponsor, HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. If you've been considering checking out meal kits, there's a lot of reasons to like HelloFresh. We all know that dinner can turn into a routine, and that's why it's great HelloFresh has 40 different weekly recipes to choose from, so you'll never get bored. Best of all, there's no more need to go to the grocery store and scour for ingredients. Everything is delivered fresh and ready to cook right to your door. Not only is it easier, but it's 25% cheaper than takeout. So why not skip the takeout and make a delicious home-cooked meal for yourself? Even if you're not an expert, HelloFresh makes it easy and accessible. They provide you pre-portioned, easy-to-prepare ingredients, along with recipe cards, including pictures and step-by-step instructions, so it's easy for anyone. If you want to try out HelloFresh for yourself, we've got a great deal for our viewers. Go to HelloFresh.com ending16 and use code ending16 for 16 free meals 
plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Ending16 and use code Ending16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Nev over here is a father scolding his boy for not cutting enough wood and his mother agrees that he shouldn't be let back inside until it's all chopped. Feeling sympathetic for the boy, Nev does the rest of his chores with ease thanks to his big boy body. She's learning compassion and empathy. She gets another impactful human encounter when a random lady calls him to the upstairs of a barn. They get down and dirty and unlike her previous encounters, this time she does enjoy herself. She's getting to see things from a very different perspective from before, obviously. Not just that she's a man, but it's the woman in control here, unlike prior. See, there's all kinds of layers and positive things to humanity. Nev is really starting to appreciate humankind as she peels back more layers of its complexity. She now is really starting to get it and feels that once you understand how, fitting in isn't really so hard after all. However, the darkness rears its head once more. A group of children awake her from daydreaming, screaming of blood on the rocks. He follows them to a young girl's body. For the first time, clearly disturbed by the sight and tragedy of it all, she finally cries real tears. Her eye waters have been unlocked. Also meaning that she's learning more about what it means to truly feel. In direct response to this, she decides to take the girl Biliana's form so the group won't have to deal with her death. All that's left when the men arrive is a pile of bloody clothes. The crisis seemingly averted, her next foe mother is quick to her side. She brings her along with the rest of the women who all join hands to comfort her. Nav is exposed to yet another perspective on humanity via her new young girl's POV. Her sisters play with her, pushing her in the swings, and help braid her hair. She plays with the animals, and everyone is given warm kisses and hugs, truly feeling that pure love. She's really starting to fit in this time, even getting in on some tickle fights. Her gaze turns back to that boy, Yovan. She previously helped chopped wood, appearing that she's developing some confusing feelings for him. With the other kids, they are wanting to hear a scary story, and the mother agrees to tell them the tale of Old Maid Maria, filling us in on what led her to her path of witchery. Centuries in the past, the Turks were after Krulis and set out to empty out the villages of every last boy. As a result, when it came time to find a partner for Maria, there wasn't a bachelor left. Her life was like a river, she says in narration. It flows and flows, but always stays in the same spot. She lives a lonely life, tending to her ailing father, until one day, when everything changes, she's roused awake by a donkey brang. In the barn, she finds an older woman, another wolf eateress, feasting on the creature. She chases her down and requests a husband. The woman starts to move on and she pleads again for a husband to give her a child a life. The lady spits blood on her and performs a rich spit ritual, starting Maria's transition into a wolf eateress. But there's still a few important steps missing. For now, it's back to taking care of her dad until they have a surprise visitor in search of Maria. He's traveled to many villages seeking out the infamous old maid Maria. Yet, they didn't want to send the suitor in the flesh due to the Turks hunting young men. Her dad agrees to marry her off and they set off in a track for her new life. When she arrives, a woman whispers for her and Maria discovers that she was essentially tricked. Her new beau is already on his deathbed. They hurriedly begin the marriage ceremony and tie her up to make sure she goes through with it without question. Naturally, they have more expectations of her and don't want their lad to die half a man with no seed. Thusly, they plop him down on top of her. Besides, what woman doesn't want a baby right? He dies soon after and Maria starts coughing, meaning that she's getting ill as well. She's soon bedridden and the others pray for her recovery. Disgruntled by the turn of events, she seeks out the wolf eateress. She summons her and kills an animal drinking his blood, hoping to keep death at bay. Growing weaker, Maria laments that she has seen nothing of life and eventually collapses. As darkness takes over, she hopes that this can't be the end. She's right, but it's a final twist of the knife from the villagers, accusing her of witchcraft. She comes to strapped onto some wood with a cross behind her and a roaring fire. They lower her down into the flames and her body is quickly consumed. Yet the vengeful villagers unknowingly perform the final step of the witch's ritual and in the purifying fire, Maria has become a wolf eateress. Major whoops, guys. Now we really get 
get why Maria is so dismissive and disgusted by mankind. She got dealt a bad, bad hand in the scheme of things, and a lot of her problems were brought on by mankind. All that she wanted was a family of her own, and what she was given was merely a cruel joke. So it's easy to understand why she's so jaded. And after her rebirth, she felt that she couldn't trust humans ever again. It's also worth noting the centuries that Maria has gone without selecting someone for her one and only witch's spit. It was only with Nev that she initially thought that it was finally worth using. She must have seen something of herself in the girl, someone who has been truly unable to experience the world in any capacity due to circumstances beyond her control. It was actually Maria being empathetic in a sense by selecting her as her maiden. And it was certainly a huge honor to select her after several hundred years of being alone. Now Nev too truly understands Maria's core issues with humans, another example of the burning breaking thing that is the world. And yet, her favorite catchphrase, once more, yes, there are terrible cruel things in the world, but there's also beauty and love, which she has come to appreciate. It's two sides of the coin there. The years go by in a flurry, and Nev becomes further ingrained with the family. Her gaze turns back to Yovan, who she has found feelings for. Boy, oh boy, she sighs. Every meme, as in every version of herself up to this point, yearns for his attention. Bees buzzing in her bowels, as she describes it. That's right, she's in love. Perhaps the most human thing of all. She must relate to him being punished by his family, as well as him also apparently being mute. She kicks some yarn rolls down the hills, hoping that he will return them to her. It works like a charm, her finding them placed on her swing. She excitedly searches for Yvonne, finding him with some other animals. And yep, she's definitely smitten. Always watching Maria turns up once more to piss on her hush puppies. She knows exactly what she's up to here, and knows that they'll burn her just like they burned her. Nev is undeterred, and soon the couple are to be wed. Yvonne is joined by a group of minstrels that parade him through the street to his shrouded bride-to-be. They are instructed throughout more ceremonial things like drinking from a wooden thing and, you know, don't forget to rotate the tray food three times. It's tradition. What? I don't know. They warmly gaze upon each other, and there is an obvious pure love here. There's a celebratory dance afterwards, the entire village filled with happiness and excitement over the new couple. There is, however, one sourpuss amongst the revelry, Maria watching on in disdain from the forest nearby. She's still all, ah, humans, you guys suck. But you start to get that she's actually more jealous of Nav than anything else. Why can she just fit in with these morons while I get burned to a crisp? Totally not cool, y'all. Her current mama fills her in on the wedding night deal. If he wants a piece, you let him in, but importantly, you don't enjoy it. A virgin bride showing relish? It's just not done. And it could, in fact, baffle her poor husband. Yeah, whatever you say, lady. Later, the boys drop off an obviously tanked Yvonne, leaving him for his new wife. Not following instructions, Nav immediately undresses and gets right into pole position. Clearly relishing it, you're not supposed do that! <laughs> the connection for Nev is deeper than imaginable, while also being matronly in a way. Every version of herself longs for Yvonne, not just his flesh, but the boy inside. The boy that she saw that day with the scared eyes that he still has even now when smiling. It's that boy that she wants to put her arms around. So it's love, but in kind of a more protective sort of way. Back to her daily routine, Nev is still in bliss. She has him now. She just wants to hold him and chase the scared of this way. After some sloppy milk drinking and porking in the barn, Nev shows him her secret. The black talons. He takes them in, but doesn't seem bothered, tenderly brushing her hair away. The point is that at every pivotal moment like this, he accepts her for who she truly is, a kind of love that she hasn't experienced before. Everyone was trying to turn her into somebody else. After a few months of marital bliss, we see that Nev is pregnant. However, we know that repercussions will soon come a-knocking. The other lady complains about Yovan losing his way out of the bedsheets, hearing a groan outside. Nev spots a wild boar with blood on its muzzle, which we know must actually be Maria. Fearing the worst, she steps outside 
and comes to Yvonne's bloody corpse. As we see Maria leaving the scene, the connection is apparent. She took the boar's form to take out Yvonne and ruin Nav's chance at happiness. His body is loaded into a casket, and the villagers gather at his burial to mourn the loss. Yet, talk soon turns to Nav being somehow responsible. She brought the evil here, that dewy bride, making it sound like Maria might have been right about humans after all. However, the mother assures her that Nev is theirs. Don't listen to those battling fools. In order for the cleansing to work, the whole village must work together. They all receive necklaces and pray to a fire to keep the wolf eateress away. Inevitably, Nev gives birth, which the others mutter in disappointment is a girl. Dang it. Nev, worried about Maria taking the child away, springs into action, grabbing the baby and closing all the shutters. She continues pacing late into the night, still clutching the baby and waiting. The midwife attempts to appeal to her. She cares about the baby too and knows that Nev needs to get some sleep. She promises to protect her and will stand guard. Never relents to get some rest, getting a flash of Maria in her place. But it's nothing to worry about. It's actually just her peacefully singing and rocking the cradle. Nothing bad is gonna happen here. Letting her guard down proves disastrous while out gathering some branches in a heavy fog. When she returns to the cabin, the midwife is dead and Maria is leering over her child. She feigns being unimpressed with this runt. So it came from your innards, what's so great about it? But now we know that all she ever actually wanted was a family and child of her own. It's all about envy for her and longing for what she can't have. She coldly slices the baby's throat and Nev grabs her. She slaughters a donkey and uses her one witch's spit without hesitation to save her child. Maria is absolutely flabbergasted and even a bit emotional at the display of unconditional love. For Nav, there was no other choice in her mind. She could not lose her baby after everything she'd been through. And after brandishing a flame, it already has its black-clawed little toesies. Maria, with tears in her eyes, wants to understand. How was it so simple for her? Nav doesn't respond, focused first and foremost on her baby. But she has a surefire plan to ensure her happiness. She walks over and impales Maria, yanking out all of her innards and breaking the cycle of misery for good. Nav wipes the blood from her lips, taking her baby in her arms. She takes a deep breath, flashing back through all her previous lives and appreciating just how much she has grown and learned over her experiences. And yet, and yet, she leaves us hanging as usual. Although now we understand the meaning behind her yearning and yet, as she learned more, it was typically said when she was trying to piece together her experience so far. Sure, things are bad, and yet there's this glimmer of hope. That's what she has finally come to understand. Even at the end, she had to take out her foe witch mama, but it's only through that violence that she can finally have peace and also her own happy ending. Sure, there's that darkness again, such as losing Yvonne, but then there's that other side that she's really come to embrace. The major relationship between Maria and Neb is all about their disconnect in that regard. Maria wants Neb to be more like her, embracing her more primal side, feasting on blood, and endlessly wandering the countryside as an outcast. That's the fate she has chosen for herself, and she wants Neb to be like her so she won't be alone anymore. She is basically forcing Neb into becoming like her, rather than allowing her to grow on her own. The disconnect really comes in when Neb is actually open to trying different things, rather than being shut off completely. It's through this that she comes to appreciate and see the many complexities that make up humanity. It's not as cut and dry as Maria tried to lead her to believe. She really thought that all humans were evil due to her own bad luck, and Nev discovers, eh, they're really not so bad after all. With that, we reach the conclusion of this ending explained for You Won't Be Alone. But don't forget, before we go, you can send me requests for any movies or TV shows you'd like to see me explain by sending them my way on any of my social media accounts at Foundflix. What did you think of You Won't Be Alone and its ending? What is your takeaway from the story? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. Thanks for watching Found Flicks. See you next time.